Hi, welcome to the Total Fit Boss Chick Podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Parks, and joining me today is Tim Fitzpatrick. Now, he helps business simplify marketing so they can grow with less stress. Tim is going to use his 20 plus years of entrepreneurial experience that has allowed him to grow his company about 60% each year before allowing it to be acquired. Today, Tim will tell us three ways to stop wasting time and money on marketing so we can grow our business and we'll discuss creating systems and frameworks to make our marketing efforts more simple. Life is too short. Trying to run a business and balance what you love. I'm your host, Brittany Parks, a former corporate marketing drone and certified life coach turned mompreneur who got fed up with the mom guilt that comes from trying to have the perfect work-life balance. Why can't we have a fit life and a fit business? I'm here to make it easier to be your own boss and enjoy your life. Tune in every Thursday for new episodes. We're going all in with interviews with industry leaders, entrepreneurs, risk takers, coaches, and side hustlers, along with solo episodes with yours truly to provide actionable tools, tactics, processes, and even case studies so you can discover how to create, maintain, and or grow a total fit lifestyle you deserve. You're listening to the Total Fit Boss Chick Podcast. Welcome to the show, Tim. Super excited to be here, Brittany. Thanks for having me. Yes, I am so glad that you are here. And as with our show and our audience, we don't waste a lot of time. Hey, I'm, I'm good to just jump in with both feet. Yes, yes. We definitely want to go all in because we know that you are the man with the plan who can help us stop wasting time on our marketing, time and money on our marketing. So you say that most people overcomplicate marketing and it doesn't have to be that way. So yep. explain to us how do we overcomplicate it and what can we do so it's not so complicated? Yeah. So I think we overcomplicate it because so many of us are just, we're just battling information overload when it comes to marketing. There's just, mm. there's so many different marketing channels. You've got email marketing, your website, social media, paid advertising, SEO. I mean, the list just goes on and on. And within each of those channels, there's all these different tactics that you can use. And it's just, it makes most people just feel completely overwhelmed. And we feel like we have to do everything. And when we try to do everything, it, it makes it complicated because you're like, oh my God, how am I going to do this? It's, you know, there's a lot of business owners where it's just them or it's them and maybe a few other people. And they're like, how can we do all this? And you don't have to do everything to be successful, but what you do have to have in place are the marketing fundamentals. So many people struggle with marketing because they skip the fundamentals in some way, shape, or form. They're not sexy. They're not cool. Hardly anybody talks about them. Everybody talks about the tactics. You have to be on TikTok or you got to be on Clubhouse. You have to have a YouTube channel. It's, oh my God, I got to be there. But when they do that, they're putting the cart before the horse if they don't have the fundamentals in place. Hey, you're so right about that. Now, so many of us know how important it is to truly define our target market. Now, how can we better define our target market? Yeah, I think a lot of people, when they get into business initially, they're like, hey, do you have a heartbeat? Are you breathing? <laughs> you have the money to pay me? Cool, I'm gonna work with you. And most of us realize after we make that mistake at least once or twice that, Everyone is not our ideal customer mm -hmm. and we can't speak to everyone. 
we have to find that target market, those ideal clients within that target market that we do great work for, that we can communicate with in such a way that it's just going to resonate with them. And unless you're Amazon, you can't target everybody. But I think a lot of people look at these large companies and go, gosh, they do business with all kinds of people. Yeah, they got tons of money and they're huge companies. You, you as a smaller entity can't do that. And if you think about Amazon, what Amazon didn't start selling everything. They started selling books online. Right. Yeah. That was their niche. They nailed that niche. And then they started to expand from there. So we have to figure out who those ideal clients are for us. And I'll share with you three questions that I love to start with, to help people hone in on, on their target market and who their ideal clients are. And I'm assuming in this case that you've been in business for a while. You have current clients, you have past customers that you can pull from. Okay. So the first question you ask is who do you enjoy working with? Why the hell do we want to work with people that are going to make our lives difficult each and every day? Okay? We didn't start a business to create problems for ourselves. So let's hone in on who those clients we enjoy working with actually are. The second question we're going to ask is, who are our most profitable clients? If we're going to stay in business, we have to be profitable and we have to work with profitable clients. And we're not doing our business service and we're not doing our, we're not doing our customers any favors either if we're working with people that are not profitable because we're not going to be around long enough to continue to help those people and impact more people. The third question you should ask is, who do you do your best work for? Do you get great results for? If we can work with people day in, day out that we know we get great results for, what's going to happen? They're going to want to continue to work with us. They may want to work with us on additional services, or if you've got upsells, they may want to just do more business with you and they're going to want to refer you because why would they not? You're getting great results for them. If they know somebody else that you could get great results for, they're going to want to tell those people. So that's awesome. Oh, go ahead. (laughs) No. So I was just going to say, if you, so if you ask yourself those three questions, you're going to end up with a a subgroup of clients that you've answered positively to all three of those questions. So that group you enjoy working with, they're profitable. You do your best work for them. That's the group where you start to dig deeper to identify who your ideal client types are. I love that. Okay. So tell us what if we're just getting started or we're doing the research or we're switching over? How yep. do we, do we have three questions to ask when we're just getting started? You, you don't you're gonna have to, <laughs> if you're just starting, you're going to have to make some assumptions. Right, okay. And mm-hmm. you're going to have to do some research, right? So oftentimes with people that have existing businesses, we recommend that you talk to existing clients, mm-hmm. interview your clients, your clients can give you so much information yeah. because it's so hard for us as business owners sometimes to see the forest through the trees. Mm-hmm. We're so in our business. We can't think objectively about it. When you're just starting out, you don't have existing clients, but guess what? You do have their people in your target market. So if I'm thinking about working with, let's just say chiropractors, okay? If I'm thinking about targeting chiropractors for my product or service, they're all over the place. I could start to reach out to chiropractors or reach out to people in my network, mm-hmm. better yet, that know chiropractors and say, hey, I'm thinking about offering this service to chiropractors. I need to talk to some people that are actively practicing. Do you know some people you could connect me with? And then have initial conversations with them and just talk to them. Look, I think most people out there want to help other people. And if they can help you gather some information and they've got the time to do it, they're happy to do it. 
this doesn't have to be a 30 minute conversation. It's a 10, 15 minute conversation. You just talk to them. Hey, this is what I'm, this is what I'm looking at doing. This is the problem that it solves. If I was to approach you with this is, would this be beneficial for you? What are the main problems that you're dealing with as a chiropractor? And just start to dig into that and really understand what the, what their problems are. Can your product or service uniquely solve that problem? And would they be willing to pay for that? And just get that initial information. And with that initial information, then you can start to make some decisions about based on the information that you have, whether you're on the right track or not. Gotcha. Okay. So tell us if we have our target market down and we know who they are and we're rocking that whole thing, how do we generate higher quality leads so we can increase our conversions? If you know your target market and you're actively marketing to that target market, you are naturally going to increase leads and conversions. Okay. Because you're attracting the people that you do your best work for. Yes. Okay. Okay, So that's naturally going to happen. The next thing that needs to happen to continue to to see better results with that marketing is you have to have good, clear messaging that engages that target market. What you want to do when you create messaging is you want to enter the conversation that they're already having in their head. When they land on your website and they start reading what you have to say, how you communicate the value that you provide you want them to almost say to themselves, oh my God, was Brittany in that conversation that we had the other day about this <laughs> challenge that we're having? Right. That's what you want them to say. You want them to see that and go, they're in my head. They're speaking to me. They get me. If they're saying those things, your message is dialed in and you are going to convert a lot more people than you would otherwise. So true. So true. Okay. So how do we increase our profits? and save our time and money through a simple framework? How do we do that? Yeah, so we use a storytelling framework to create messaging, okay? And Mm -hmm. when you use this framework, that helps you save time and money with your marketing because you're not, a lot of people spend money on marketing and they don't have a good message. So they're just putting out this marketing that's not gonna resonate with people well. And when they do that, they're just wasting, they're wasting time and they're wasting money. Whereas if you're putting out a message that's clear and engages that target market that you're trying to attract, you're, what you do is naturally going to work better from there. So let me break down this framework. And I did not come up with this framework, okay? We use a framework from a company called StoryBrand um, from Donald Miller, but it's based off of the hero's journey. And the way this looks is if you think about most stories, there's a character or a main character, a hero in the story, mm-hmm. they have a problem. They meet a guide who has actually solved that problem already. And so the guide knows exactly what they need to do. So the guide gives them a plan that calls them to action. Nothing's going to change if we don't take action so that they hopefully avoid failure and they reach success. Okay. So if I give you an example, one of my favorite movies is the original Point Break. Have you ever seen that? Mm -hmm. Okay. With Keanu Reeves and Gary Busey. Some of the younger set, I might be dating myself. That's okay. Yes. So... In this movie, Keone Reeves is the main character. He's a green FBI agent. Mm. The problem he has is there's a band of bank robbers in Southern California called the ex-presidents. They're out hitting banks, robbing, robbing them, taking their money. He, the guide in the story is Gary Busey, who is his FBI agent partner. Mm-hmm. And he's been in the business for a long time, been there, done that. His plan is he says, look, I believe that the ex-presidents are surfers. And I think you need to learn how to surf 
so that you can hopefully meet these guys and, and get to know them and infiltrate this group. Mm-hmm. So the call to action is you got to go to learn how to surf so that hopefully we avoid failure, which is the ex-presidents get away and we reach success, which is we catch them. That in a nutshell is how the framework works. So how do you take that and use it for your business? First but off, what, I'll never we... look at that movie the same again. But anyway. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. If you, once you know this framework, you can start yeah. to think about some of your favorite stories or your favorite movies, and you can actually start to plug the bits and pieces in you go, mm-hmm. oh my God, this makes tons of sense. I get mm-hmm. it. So when we use this framework, what we're doing is we're inviting your customer into a story where they are the hero and you are the guide. Our customers are not, one of the big mistakes businesses make is they position themselves as the hero. Our customers don't care about us. Mm -hmm. They care about how we can help them solve the problem that they have and get them from where they currently are to where they wanna be. When we position ourselves as the hero, we talk about ourselves too much. Mm -hmm. They don't care. We wanna position ourselves as the guide because the guide, guess what? The guide knows how to solve the problem that customer has. They know exactly the steps they need to take. And we guides have authority, they have credibility, and they show empathy. So we use those two, those things to position yourself as the guide that has the solution to your customer's problem. And so our messaging focuses on what we can do for the customer, not all about us. Yes. And when you use a framework, you can go back to it every time you need to create a message. If I need to write an email or an ad, or maybe I'm doing a paid ad, or maybe I'm doing a direct mail piece, something like that. I don't need to reinvent the wheel. I come back to the framework and I pull bits and pieces from it, like Lincoln logs to create that message. So you can create all kinds of different messaging, but it remains consistent because it's always coming from that same framework. Exactly. Exactly. That is good stuff. I'm very interested in knowing what our audience is thinking because having a framework is so important. And I love the storyboard framework, as a matter of fact. So if you're listening in real time, go to the IG stories at the Total Fit Boss Chick, and we are going to have this poll question posted. Do you struggle with creating a framework consistent to your business? And if you aren't listening in real time, no worries. Just check the IG highlights for the responses to the poll questions and you can still weigh in and see the results. Okay, Tim, tell us how do we do, how do we create a marketing plan that helps us grow consistently? Yep. So first off, so many businesses just don't have a plan. And when we don't have a plan, we have no marching orders, right? it's so easy to then become distracted when we don't have a plan because in the absence of a plan, everything looks like an opportunity. So that, you know, if I don't have a plan next week, when, you know, the latest, greatest marketing guru comes across and says, you've got to be on clubhouse and this is what you have to do. It's you're like a squirrel chasing a nut and shiny object syndrome, right? Yeah, Shiny object (laughs) syndrome. And there's, that's never going to get consistent, repeatable results. You have to put a plan in place And you've got to work that plan and do it consistently. When you do, that's when you're going to start to see much more consistent and repeatable results. So the way I look at marketing planning is in 90 day sprints. I think there are too many people that put together a year long marketing plan. There's too many moving parts there and it becomes too complicated. And when it's complicated, that's going to be the enemy of results. It's just Mm -hmm. not going to work. So we need to keep things simple. With 90 days, it's long enough to start to see things happen, 
but it's short enough where we can look at what's working and what's not, make course corrections to our plan, and then just wash, rinse, and repeat every 90 days. So the way I look at this 90-day marketing plan is six steps. Great. Okay. Six steps. If you're long-winded, it might be two pages, but this can be a single page. Mm -hmm. So the first step is who's your target market? At a minimum, I want you to have a paragraph for each of your ideal clients. Who are they? If you have a paragraph on who your one to three ideal clients are, do not have more than three. If you have more than three, it's going to get too broad. Okay. But if, even if you have just a paragraph, you're far better off than most people. We just want to keep top of mind who we intend to reach and sell and work with. The second thing is what's your marketing goal? What's your goal for the next 90 days? It should be specific. It should be measurable. It's going to be time bound because this is a 90 day marketing plan. But so maybe an example could be, I intend to bring on five new clients in the next 90 days, specific, okay. measurable, time bound. But we have to have an idea of what we're working towards, which is why we want to keep track of our goal. The third section is what's our budget and what resources do we have? So from budget, do I have $500 a month? Do I have $5,000 a month? From a resources standpoint, what I'm talking about there is two things. Time. Do I have time to invest in this? Do I have people on staff that have time to invest in our marketing plan? The second part of that is what capabilities do those people have? If my assistant has five hours a week to do on this and I need social media help and that's not their thing, then that ain't going to work. So this section is just giving us an idea of what we have to work with. Super important because if we try to bite off more than we can chew with our plan, we don't have enough to execute that plan, then it's never going to work and we're going to get you know frustrated and, and give up. We don't want that to happen. So the fourth section is what's our current marketing plan? And like I said, before we started chatting about this, most people don't have a plan. That's okay. All we want to do here is just get a baseline, a reference point of where we're starting from. It's just like my GPS. If I want to get to Denver International Airport, I got to tell my GPS where I'm starting from. Right. This is no different. We need to have an idea of where we're starting from. That will then help us identify what we need to do to get to where we want to be. So when I look at in, in the current marketing plan and your 90 day marketing plan, I look at eight main channels for marketing. There's the strategy, right? The fundamentals, your messaging and your target market. Do you have those dialed in? Then you've got your website, you have content. So am I creating blog content? Am I doing videos, podcasting, SEO, which is helping people find you in search engines, social media, email marketing, paid advertising, so Google or Facebook ads, and then offline marketing. So maybe I'm doing speaking or networking or direct mail, those types of things. All I want you to do is just write down what you have done, what you continue to do in each of those channels. Again, all we're doing is just getting a baseline. Then the fifth step is what am I going to focus on in the next 90 days in those channels? If it's just me and I got a $500 budget, well, Maybe I'm only going to focus on one or two channels. That's okay. You do not have to be in every marketing channel to be successful. Oh my gosh. Can you repeat that? <laughs> you do not have to be in every marketing channel to be successful. Exactly. Okay. Don't feel like you need to do everything. I think long-term it's beneficial to be in multiple marketing channels, generating leads from multiple channels because your business is going to be a lot more consistent and, and it'll be a lot more predictable. I don't think you should rely on just one marketing channel to generate all your leads. But 
in the beginning, you got to start somewhere. So right. don't feel like you have to do everything. Once you have down on paper, what you're going to focus on for the next 90 days, now you know what you need to do. You can eliminate that distraction and just focus on the actions you need to take to implement that plan. And the last step, the sixth step is your metrics. What am I going to track to help me determine whether the actions I'm taking are working or not? Okay. I was a math major, Brittany. I can dig into the analytics and get into the weeds, but I think there are so many marketing metrics that are, they're vanity metrics. They don't mean anything. Right. How many followers do I have on Facebook or Instagram? How many people are on my email list? How many people are visiting my website? None of that stuff matters if you're not generating leads and you're not converting those leads to customers. So I think in the beginning, I would recommend people focus on less. Less is more here. If you don't know how many leads you're generating right now and how many of those are converting to customers, that's a great place to start. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I also think website visits, how many people are coming to your website can also be a good metric in the beginning. I think long-term it can become more of a vanity metric, but when you're just starting out, that can be a good stat to look at because it can help you determine whether the actions you're taking are actually driving people back to your website. Gotcha. Gotcha. But keep these metrics simple, not too many, and use those as a place to start. And then at the end of 90 days, you look at what's working, what's not, and you wash, rinse, and repeat. Gotcha. Okay. All right. I love the, the concept of breaking that down into the 90 days instead of just going overboard and planning for what you don't know how to plan. Because not too long ago, there was just dealing with COVID. That changed everything. <laughs> yes. So if you had spent a bunch of money on a year-long marketing plan at the beginning of 2020. Mm -hmm. In March, you would have burned it. Most people would have. Yeah. There was very few businesses that didn't have to shift in some way, shape, or form. And I just don't think it makes sense. Our businesses are evolving too quickly. We need, our marketing needs to be able to evolve as things change. Yes. Yes. Let me ask you this question, Tim. I actually plan the content pillars with different subject matters for the year, but the marketing plan itself is not done, but so it doesn't matter what shift happens, what changes, certain things are going to be evergreen, but you just build it up on whatever is happening. What's current. What do you think about that approach? Yeah, absolutely. With content pillars, you're referring to just exactly what type of content you're going to create throughout the year. And they're chunked into specific topics. Exactly. Yes. Absolutely. Totally agree with that. We do the same thing. So when we do, when, let me take a step back. We were, our content plan shifted a bit actually coming into April. So we were doing a, a podcast episode and a blog post each week. Mm -hmm. And for us, we're actually shifting and we're, do, we're shifting to two podcast episodes a week and we're dropping our blog content for a while. There's a few reasons for that. But when we were actively creating blog content, we would actually map out, we call them hub pages. Sometimes people call them pillar pages. There's mm -hmm. all kinds of different names for them, but it's basically a resource page where people can go to get a ton of information. So like one of our hub pages is on lead generation, the ultimate guide to lead generation. When people go there, there's think of it like chapters in a book. There's chap different chapters for lead generation, email marketing, your website, SEO, and the list goes on and on. Well, under each of those chapters are blog articles that we created. 
And those blog articles, so there's the lead gen page. I go to it. I see all the blog posts. I can click on those. And that goes to a blog post on our page. Each of those blog posts link back to that main hub page. So when we create content in that way, we actually create the hub page and the outline. And we use that outline to drive our content calendar. Yes. Yeah. Because Mm -hmm. to me, what's the point in just producing blog posts at random? Right. <laughs> why not why not create blog posts with an end in mind so that when you're done with those blog posts all of a sudden you can easily create this hub page. Exactly. You're so right because I have just recently come to this concept myself and I'm like, "Oh my goodness, this makes so much more sense than randomly putting out information. You end up with another asset that you can use to market your business, and frankly, to add value and serve your audience when you do that. Yes, yes, I totally agree. Now, Tim, you're doing so much and I love it, but I also, we have to know, how are you managing it all? What are your productivity secrets? Oh boy, that's a great question. My one, what's on our plan helps because it helps keep me focused. But Mm -hmm. one of the things that I use every day that really helps me with productivity. And I will not tell you that I am a productivity expert and I'm the best. I think from a productivity standpoint, we can always get better. Yes, it's a journey, yes. <laughs> yes, it is It is a journey. It's not a destination. For me, I use a daily planner and it's simple. It's a Google sheet, but on that Google sheet, I just have, I have the date. My most important goal is in there. So that really is not changing every day. It's just there to keep it top of mind for me. I've got a section for my number one focus for the day. My appointments for the day are on there. My priorities for the week are on there. And then I've got my priority tasks to complete for that day. And then any other daily tasks that I might want to get to if I have time. So what I do is in the beginning of the day, one, I set this at the end of the day for the following day. So that when I come in and I start working, I just pull up my daily planner. And in the beginning of the day, I intend to, I don't get to this every day. I'm not perfect, but I intend to focus on that most important task in the beginning of the day when I'm fresh, I've got my best focus, my best energy, and I can bang that out. If I can, honestly, if I can do that and spend an hour, even at a minimum, working on that most important task is going to help drive things forward the rest of my day really doesn't matter. Yes, you just automatically win, right? (laughs) Yes, I have already won the day. And actually somebody told me, it was actually Laura Posey at Simple Success Plans said, win the day. And that always stuck to me. And that's actually at the top of my daily planner. So it says daily planner. And then in parentheses, it says win the day. If I can do that one task and get that out of the way, I have won the day. Exactly. That is amazing. I love it. I love it. Yes. I'm all about it. That is so good, Tim. So now we've come to the part of the show that I really enjoy because it's an opportunity for you to give back at a deeper level to our audience and just give a mentoring moments segment. So this is called our mentoring moments. So this is just where I fire off a thought provoking question and you just Answer it in the best way Tim can. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Cool. Okay. All right. So if you had to start over right now and all you had was a hundred dollars and a dream, what would be your plan of action? 
Honestly, I don't think I'd spend the money right away. I would reach out to people in my network who knew people that were where I want to be a year from now or two years from now. Yeah. And I would connect with those people to see one, how I could add value to them, but how I could get in a relationship with them and, and learn from them. Cause we don't, the, we don't need to reinvent the wheel. Mm -hmm. I've reinvented the wheel too many times and it just, <laughs> it, you waste time, you waste money. What we need to do to be successful, somebody else has already done. We just need to find those people. Yes. Oh my goodness. I love it. This is why I love this segment. I love it. <laughs> Tim, you have bagged it. And I know that everybody wants to know how to get in touch with you. I'm going to have all of your information in the show notes, but please let everyone know how you can be found. Yeah. The best place. And thank you for that. The best place to, to reach me, if you like what we talked about today is go to our website, which is realtomarketing.com. That's R-I-A-L-T-O marketing.com. If you want more free resources on the fundamentals that we talked about today, we put together some resources for your total fit boss chick audience and community. And if they can just go to realtomarketing.com forward slash total dash fit dash boss dash chick, all that stuff is there. If you run into roadblocks with your marketing and you need outside eyes, just click the get a free consult button on our website and I'll be happy to chat with you. Sounds good. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks so much for having me, Brittany. It's been a pleasure. As always, thanks for listening. And if you got value out of the show, please show us some love and rate us by going to ratethispodcast.com backslash Total Fit Boss Chick. You're listening to the Total Fit Boss Chick Podcast. Bye for now.